Thank you for checking out the Real Life Columbus podcast. Real Life Columbus is a student ministry of North Highland Church in Columbus, Georgia. We exist to help students know that Christ has reached down to us with love, provide a place students can be engaged in community, and help them advance in their faith so they can lead others to Christ. For more information or to connect with us, please visit our website, www.realifecolumbus.com, or check us out on social media at Real Life Columbus. anything that seems worth it to you? Do you want to go somewhere in life, or do you feel like no one listens, like you're free but without the rights? Have you ever contemplated life? So close but still too scared to raise the knife, yeah. I remember those crazy nights, but you see, for me, there was a but, God, because my story's a little odd. Started off with the pain, trying to find a solution, but in the end, I was losing everything I wanted to gain, man. I lost more than just my brain. My family started to fade away, losing my love to his dirty ways. Ask me about my feelings, I don't care to say. Built up all these walls, they were slow to decay. I was so broken, so lost, so hopeless. Wanted to be the dopest, thought then maybe they noticed. Driving on the right track, but then I lost all my focus. It was so simple. It wasn't a big deal, I mean, really. All she said was, blow this. But then it escalated to pills. My life keeps spinning round and round. I don't know what's fake and what is real. I need some help. I need some assistance. I'm on my own. See, I found God when I was torn and all alone. He got my attention by taking me off my throne. See, I know how you feel when you say you just don't know, but you got a purpose, baby. You're worth more than a show. His love for us is crazy, man. It really overflows. understand that it was the drugs that made me lose my soul but it's not about that because when you're face to face with God and he's telling you fate you're not gonna remember me nah I'm gonna be the last thing on your slate you decide your future you create you want to stay hooked on insanity be my guest but you're gonna end up suffering like the rest had to get that off my chest and that's real we all got a purpose in his will. That's something I'm trying to fulfill. Prophesied in my life of God about the pills. You can do it too, man. Cause my Jesus really heals, for real. Father, we thank you for your love in this house tonight. God, I know that there's someone in this room who would say to you tonight, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the life that I've lived. But I believe that the God of the universe would want to speak to you right now and say, while you were yet a sinner, I died for you. I love you unconditionally. I have compassion for you. My heart, the Lord God of heaven would say, my heart is broken for you you are my focus right now so right now I I just want to invite everyone in this room if you're comfortable to lift up your hands and just begin to thank God we love you Jesus we thank you for all that you've done we thank you for the sin that you've forgiven in our lives we thank you for the compassion that you showed us on Calvary's cross God we thank you for the love of God that is unconditional unrelenting God, you are constantly pursuing us. 
There is nothing that can separate us from your love. God, you really are a good father to us. And you love us. And so tonight we make a declaration and we say that we are your children. We are your servants. We are your people. And from this moment forward, we will live for you. God, we thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight. God, we thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people. Tonight, I pray for every need that's represented in this room. God, every stress, every pressure, every anxiety, every anxious thought, right now we take those thoughts captive and place them under subjection to God's word. God, we take authority over every power and principality, every ruler of darkness that would try to hinder us from hearing your word. God, we rebuke the enemy right now. He has got no authority, no dominion, no power in this room from this moment forward. You are the God of this room. You are the God of our church. You're the God of this nation. So God, we honor you in this place. You're a good father. And we are your children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you real life. You are incredible. I am so excited about this sermon series. We are calling Madness. One of the things I've been accused of is being somewhat intense. And uh, I am intense about student ministry. I love you. And I love what God wants to do in your life and through you. And I am in love with missions. I'm in love with reaching people with the love of Jesus. I'm passionate and I'm intense when it comes to serious things like that. And tonight I want to share a message with you guys. Um, our first week in madness and I'm calling it the madness of compassion. The madness of compassion. If we're honest with ourselves, we may agree that some of the things God calls you and I to are madness. It's, it seems crazy. It, it seems like extremely foolish behavior, which is the definition of madness to someone who has not been transformed by the love of Jesus. But I'm intense for my passion for God because I have been transformed with the love of Jesus. I, I may do some things that seem foolish to people who have not imp been impacted by Jesus, but I don't care because God has changed my life. He set me free. He's forgiven me of a multitude of sin. He set me on a path, and God has changed me forever, so I am I'm willing to be a madman for Jesus. And I'm excited about what God wants to do in our hearts. Over the next few weeks, we're going to hopefully inspire one another to live a life for Christ with no shame. I've come to learn that if you live like no one else, then you will have a life like no one else. And it's an awesome life. It's the life, the, the madness that God calls us to gets us the abundant life that John 10.10 says that we're to have as Christians. This week is the madness of compassion. And young person, I've come tonight to tell you that it is madness that we do nothing about the needs around us. It is madness for us to see the deep need in our world and do nothing. Um, a, a wise person once said, the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good people to sit back and to do nothing. That's the one way that evil will overcome is if we, as the good people of God, do nothing. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. 
and uh, the context of this scripture, Jesus was asked a question by a young man, and, and he said, Jesus, how do I earn eternal life? And, and Jesus said, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and then he added to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so the young man came to him back with the second question and said, well, who's my neighbor? And Good question. And in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 30, it says this. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. I don't know about you, but that kind of ticks me off. So too, a Levite, when he came to a place, came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. Again, that makes me upset. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, and he said this, he said, look after him, and then when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have had. Which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Tonight, I've come to communicate that God's word is telling us that we must stop missing opportunities to show compassion. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray an anointing over your word. God, I pray that you would challenge us tonight. God, I pray that you would prick our hearts tonight. God, I pray that, that the hardness of our hearts would begin to melt from the hearing of your word right now. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to the needs that are around us. God, give us your heart. Break our hearts for what breaks yours, Jesus. And give us strength tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. I've learned in my earlier years that uh, many opportunities are right in front of us, but most of the time we just fail to see them. There's a lot of awesome opportunities right in front of us, but we fail to see them. When I first started dating Jubilee, um, y'all heard a while back about this girl named Cindy, right? Yeah. This girl named Cindy was bad news for me. Um, Jubilee and I started dating, and um, we got invited to go on a double date, and we were going to go see Christmas lights. It was going to be awesome. We're going to drive and, and hold hands in the car, and yeah, it was going to be awesome. And, and I get a phone call from Cindy, my ex-girlfriend. And she said, hey, I need to talk to you. I need some closure. And I'm thinking to myself, this is weird because I'm, I'm, it's done, girl. I moved on. I got a, a new girl. I'm, I'm awesome. Jubilee is incredible, and she's much better than you. And um, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Just come over for five minutes, and then I'll go to my double date. Cool. And the first thing that I missed in this opportunity that was right in front of me that I didn't even see is Cindy walks up with a movie with Orville Redenbacher popcorn and a CD. And I'm like, girl, what are you thinking? 
And the first thing I should have done is say, girl, you got to go. Okay? That's the first missed opportunity. Okay? Second thing is she sits down, we start talking, and she's like, can we just watch this movie real quick? And it's a drama. It's like a Lifetime movie, guys. Come on now. I hate Lifetime. I am scarred forever because of this. I will not ever watch Lifetime because of Cindy. Okay? And so I'm sitting there, and the next thing I know, the movie's over, and she's just saying, you know, I just really hope that, that you can move on from all of this. And I'm thinking, I hope so, too, because I'm done already. But my second missed opportunity is instead of texting Jubilee and saying, hey, girl, I'm so sorry. This is taking a lot longer than I expected. I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. Um, instead of doing that, which is what I did, big mistake, I should have been texting her saying, hey, listen, Jubilee, Cindy means nothing to me. You mean everything to me. I'm leaving right now and coming to your side. That's exactly what I should have done. But many times, unfortunately, as human beings, there's so many opportunities right in front of us that God does not want us to miss any longer. It's, it's everyday life. God puts opportunities in our path, and we miss them because we don't see them. The majority of us in this room can see a fashion trend coming. Hey, Pastor Jonathan, you look swag tonight. Oh, that's awesome. I got my long tee. Praise the Lord. I, my boot game is, is moving on up. Come on now. You're, you're, shoot, you're, you're doing awesome, right? Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing awesome. Y'all like that. Boy, you look good, right, Will Oliver? I got you. Y'all notice when somebody walks in the room and they are looking fine, right? Come on now. My wife got, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I messed that up a little bit. I, I admit that. Okay. My wife got her eyebrows did at the mall the other day, and boy, her eyebrows on fleek. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. We're done. We're done. We're done. That's it. That's it. We ignore the, here's the thing. We see these things, we notice these things, and these things are important to us. But get this, we ignore the broken and the beat up people that are all around us. We choose not to see the hurt and we pass by on the other side. In this parable, Jesus is putting eternal life and caring about the needs of others in the same conversation. It's in the same conversation. If you want to have everlasting life, you better go and do likewise, is what Jesus said. What must I do to be saved or inherit eternal life was the question. That's how it started. And it ends with Jesus saying, go and don't miss another opportunity to help someone in need. Tonight in preparing for this message, I began to ask myself, why do we miss such opportunity when there's such a great world of need around us? And I came to this conclusion, many of us miss it because we simply don't see it. Jesus in verse 31 said a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side as well. Tonight I've come to say we must not be so consumed with the madness of the selfish ambition of our own lives at the expense of those who are being helplessly attacked around us. 
We have got to open our eyes to the needs of, around us. But, but get this, Pastor Jonathan, I keep it, I'm just keeping it 100. I'm just keeping it, I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of my focus. I'm making sure I don't get off track. If I, if I look to the left or to the right, if I care about other people, I may mess up, I may trip up, I may get off track. But come on now, it's madness to think I can change someone else's life as a student. That's the lie that the enemy feeds you. But I've come to tell you it's your job as a Christian or as a man or a woman of God to care. It is your job as a believer to care. We miss so many opportunities because we choose not to see them. I read a statistic that scared me the other day. And parents that are in the room, I want you to listen very closely. 74%, this is a statistic, 74% of parents say they don't have the time or the energy to keep up with their children's online activities. It's just not convenient, so it's not important. 46% of teenagers say that they would change their online behavior if they knew their parents were paying attention. What a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. There are needs in front of us that can be fixed if we would just pay attention to them and stop avoiding them. I'm afraid the Church of America and the Church of the Bible Belt is full of priests and Levites today. We are full of people who say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But when we see a need, we go a different direction. We've got to stop. People who are known for being upstanding and religious leaders who fail to stop the madness and take advantage of the opportunities that come our way and help multitudes that are in need. See, the priests in this scripture, priests were supposedly those who served God and had the honor and the privilege to enter into holy places that others could not. They were to be spiritual leaders who professed love for God and for others, and yet the priests passed by on the other side. Levites were of the same tribe as the priests, but they were considered lower servants of the temple, a custodian of worship. So you had the people who were supposed to be in charge of God's house and the people that were supposed to be ushering in the presence of God through worship, and both of them looked at the need and passed by. These two spiritual leaders should have been the first to apply their faith in God by aiding the beaten traveler. Yet Jesus must rebuke the heartless and unkind spirit of their form of religion. Tonight, I've come to challenge us. God, would you please make sure that no one who calls real life Columbus their home be like the priest or the Levite in this story. God, break our hearts. May we have a compassion for people that may look like madness to outsiders, but may we have a heart for people that we refuse to pass by when we see a need. I've come to tell you tonight that it may seem like madness to assume that we can make a difference, but we must be willing to get out of our comfort zone to meet the opportunities in front of us. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. Real Life Columbus, can I challenge you tonight by saying we cannot be inbred and inward focused with our faith. We can't just care about our own selves. We must care about the needs around us. The Samaritan walked up on this guy who was robbed. He was beaten to the brink of death. He was helpless. Opportunities typically come disguised as impossible problems. I don't know about you, but if I walked up on a guy that looked like that, I don't know what I could do. 
But the Samaritan looked at this situation. It seemed impossible, but he took advantage. It probably went through the Samaritan's mind that he could not make a difference in the situation he was facing. But he fought past that doubt and did something. Tonight I'm calling us together, every single person in this room, to do something. That's compassion. You go through life every day encountering people who have been robbed. People who have been robbed of their purity. People who have been robbed of their innocence. People who have been robbed of their security. You go through life every day encountering people who have been beaten up. Beaten up by the sin of their past. Beaten up by failure. Beaten up by circumstances that are unfair and beyond their control. We, as believers in this modern day and age, we walk by people every day that are beaten and robbed. There's opportunities for us. See, I'm trying to inspire you that we can't see this and do nothing about it. I'm going to invite the band to come as I close. Tonight, you saw a video to open this message. And some of the statistics that were shown is that there are 46 million refugees flooding Eastern Europe right now. 46 million. Half of them are children. 4.6 million. So 2.3 of them are children. These people are running for their lives because of radical extremists and terrorism. We can't just see this and do nothing about that real life. We've got to do something. The Samaritan picked the man up and took him to safety. But, but get this, I want you to hear this very closely. But then he paid for the needs of this, this person. He paid for the needs to be met. Can I tell you tonight that random acts of kindness and compassion costs you something? When you begin to care, my God, it does cost. Because when you begin to care, you begin to take on the burden. I was, I was talking with one of our leaders, and it was so incredible because he was telling me he was actually at the Super Bowl party. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Jonathan, I was praying at the altar on Wednesday night with a bunch of students. And then Thursday morning I woke up and I was getting ready for work and there was this heaviness on my heart for every single person I got to pray with. And can I tell you that when you begin to care, you begin to pay a cost of investing in someone else's life, it begins to break your heart, but in a good way. It's, it's a sensitivity and a love that Jesus wants us to have. We cannot just love our God. We've, we also have to love our neighbor as ourselves and make personal investments to make sure the madness stops around us. It may seem like madness, but I want to challenge everyone in this room, every leader, every parent, every student, every middle school student in this room tonight, that when you see a need, you need to be the solution and not just walk around it. Real life, we need to stand up for the helpless. Real life, we need to stop neglecting the ones who are being bullied and picked on. If, yeah, come on now. Somebody have a heart for those who can't fight for themselves. We've got to be the people who fight for the helpless. If someone is too defeated to walk themselves, then we should be the ones to pick them up and walk them to Jesus for healing. This is what madness looks like, students. Just because it's difficult does not give us the luxury 
to not act. That's what madness looks like. In fact, many times the more difficult the path is, that means it's the right path. Because the hard path is usually the path God wants us to go down. It may seem like madness, but I want to challenge every person in this room tonight that if you love Jesus and you want to live a life with no shame for him, I challenge each and every one of you to give $100 to speed the light in the month of March to save refugees in Eastern Europe with us. This is a huge need. We've got an opportunity to be this spearhead of revival in Europe. God's word is being proclaimed to radical Muslims that are fleeing for their lives. Muslims are being converted to Christianity. They're being transferred from the dominion of darkness and placed in the kingdom of light. And we've got an opportunity to fill a need. The financial need for the man who was beaten up and robbed was two denarii. And the need for millions of refugees to be reached with this gospel is about $35,000. If 20, if 250 of us, which we are 250 strong right now, if we were to take this challenge and commit to raise $100 in the month of March for Speed the Light, we could raise $25,000 in one month. And Real Life Columbus would be doing what Jesus wants to do when he said, go and do likewise. And listen to me, young person. I promise you, your leader is the front runner. I will not let anyone in this youth ministry outgive me because I, I preach with an unashamed passion that I want to see people saved for Jesus. So I, if I expect you to give, I'm going to give above and beyond. I know I got a job. You don't, okay? So I'm going to be giving a lot more. But that's okay. Every single person in this room can give something. I know what it felt like to be in high school and have no money, but I also knew how to work it. Okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go into lunch, and your lunch is paid, but you want seconds, right? Hey, boy, can I get a dollar? Hey, can I borrow, can I, can I get a, a quarter? Come on. I want some ice cream, right? Y'all do it every day of your life for a piece of food. What would happen if this room full of passionate teenagers started doing that for souls to be saved? Hey, can I get a dollar? Because one dollar represents three lives that hear the gospel. Pastor Jonathan, you're crazy. Yeah, it's madness. For God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in us and through us, this good Samaritan madness has got to spread to all of us. Our church may have 1,200 in attendance on Sunday mornings. We may peak this auditorium with 300 students every week. We may be the largest HE youth ministry in Georgia, but I've come to tell you tonight it's not enough. There are thousands of people in your schools that don't love Jesus. We're only scratching the surface of reaching this city in Columbus. There's so many people who need us to pay attention to their needs and stop just focusing on ourselves, but actually be the, the key to meeting their need, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Boy, you're crazy. That's madness, Pastor Jonathan. I'm madly in love with Jesus, and I want to be like him. That's what I want to be. Thank you, Jesus. This is very important because I know some of y'all have shut off because I started talking about money. 
And I want you to hear this. If that's you, I need you to open your ears real clear right here and right now. As a pastor and as a leader and an elder of this wonderful church, please hear my heart. We are not in this for numbers. We're in this because we love people. The reason we want to fill this place isn't because we just want to pat ourselves on the back and look good. We want to fill this place because it means an opportunity for lives to be changed. We want to give because we want lives to be changed. We do this because we love you, and every person in this room matters. Not a single person in this room is exempt. If your seat goes unfilled next week, it will hurt our hearts because we care about you. So if you think this is about numbers, it's not. With all sincerity, please forgive us if you're hurt and if we've ever passed by you. Can I go ahead and say that for everyone in this room? If you have been in this ministry for any amount of time and you have felt like you have been hurt, beaten, robbed, and we have passed you by, can I tell you from the bottom of my heart, we are so sorry. God wants to heal you tonight so that he can use you to be a difference maker in someone else's life. Verse 30, it says clearly that the man was going down to Jerusalem, to Jericho. A simple study of the geography of this path proves to be a very difficult road to travel. And and the man found this guy beaten up on the side of this difficult road. And to pick an almost lifeless body up and navigate him down the mountainous cliff is not an easy task to undertake. And I say this tonight because I believe prophetically someone in this room needs to know that the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, the lover of your soul, has come down to meet your need. You're in this room and you're beaten up. You're, you're, you've been robbed of a lot of things in this life. You feel helpless. You feel lifeless. You feel like you're on the brink of spiritual death. The lover of your soul came down. He had a position of high authority seated at the right hand of God. And he chose to disregard that, to humble himself and come and live a life as a human being, to live a flawless life. And he humbled himself, Scripture says, even to the point of death on Calvary's cross. So right now in this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, tonight you're in this room and and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I feel like I'm the person who's been abused, so how in the world can I turn around and help someone else? I'm so glad that we serve a God who was willing to come down to meet our needs. Pastor Jonathan, I have nothing to give because I'm struggling in this life. I'm beaten. I'm defeated. I'm robbed of hope. I'm on the brink of death myself. I've come to tell you tonight that Jesus came down from his position of power. He loved you while you were yet a sinner. And he died for you, taking your penalty. 
And the blood that flowed from his veins is the same blood that he wants to apply to the wickedness, to the brokenness, to the shame, to the guilt, to the condemnation. He wants to apply that just like the the Samaritan reached down and healed with the oil and the wine. Jesus wants to reach down and heal you of your brokenness and your shame tonight. So tonight if you're in this room and you know that your relationship with God is strained, you know you're far from Him, and you're afraid that if tonight were the night that you passed away, you're afraid that you would spend eternity in hell. Tonight, if you want that to change, the lover of your soul wants to forgive you of all unrighteousness. All you got to do is accept Him as your Lord and Savior. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, right now in this moment, if that's you, if you want a relationship with Jesus, you want the forgiveness of God that can only be be attained from the cross, I want you to raise your hand right now and hold it high. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. God, forgive us. Thank you, God. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus, for the love that you've come down from heaven and given to us. Thank you, Father. One more chance. You you can be saved tonight. You can be set free. The payment that is going to be the price to set you free has already been paid by Jesus. You can have freedom tonight. If that's you, raise your hand and hold it high. Thank you, God. All right, everyone pray loudly with me. Dear Jesus, we ask you right now to forgive us. God, we thank you for coming down to meet our need. God, we thank you for dying on Calvary's cross, taking the penalty that I deserved. God, I thank you that you rose again, defeating death, defeating sin, defeating hell. God, you set us free by resurrection life. God, we ask right now that you would forgive us set us free, heal us. God, lead us in the way of everlasting. We will serve you for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's praise God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet quickly. Adult leaders, come. Here's my challenge to you, young person. Here's my challenge. You're in this room tonight, and you would say to to yourself, you'd be honest and open and transparent with God. I've missed way too many opportunities. I've avoided things that I should have been a catalyst leader to transform. I've looked at people who had major problems, and instead of going to them, I went a different direction. Tonight, my challenge to you right now is to be the man and woman of God who cares. To be the person who's willing that even though it seems like madness, I will be the answer. I will be the the meter of the need. I will go out of my way to serve, to reach people with love. God, I need compassion in my life and in my heart. If that's you tonight and you'll commit to that, I just want you to raise your hand and hold it high. I'm going to be a person of compassion. I'm going to go and do likewise. That's what I want to do. 
Amen. Father, in this moment, God, I pray that you would commission us to change the world. Father, in this moment, I pray that instead of unbelief, instead of doubt, instead of fear, you would replace a madness in our heart that is full of compassion. God, I pray that as the next few days go by, you would inspire us to care about the needs of people we don't even know. God, I pray that this would be a moment in the history of real life Columbus that we're no longer okay with seeing somebody across the room and not knowing who they are. That we, we're no longer comfortable with seeing people going through things at our school and just avoiding them because we don't want to get involved in the, the mess of life. God, I pray that tonight would be the night where your Holy Spirit puts something in each and every one of our hearts to care one for another and to be the answer to the needs that surround us. Tonight, I challenge you, young person, $100 in the month of March, and we can see revival spread in Eastern Europe. And I promise you, it will change your life. You sacrificially give, and God will transform your life. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these students. I just feel, I feel like there's some, there's some people in this room, and we're about to go into worship. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal, but this is what we're going to do. If, if you're in this room and you need prayer, you're going through a circumstance, I want to tell you, this, this row of individuals right here, can, will you please allow us to be your Samaritan tonight? You feel beaten up. You feel abused. You feel broken. You feel robbed. You feel neglected. Will you allow us to come down and be the help that you need. We want to step into your life. We want to build a relationship with you. We want to pray for you. We want to ask God to intervene in your behalf. We want to ask God to heal your brokenness. We want to be the, the men and the women of God who don't just pray from a distance, but we want to be involved in your life. So tonight after I pray and you need some help, let us be your Samaritan tonight. And I know God's going to honor it. Because he commands us to go and do likewise. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for the time of worship that's about to erupt in this room. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is about to have the freedom to sweep from left to right, to the front, to the back. God, I thank you that breakthrough is about to happen in the name of Jesus in these altars. God, I pray that an anticipation would begin to rise up in our hearts. God, that expectation would precede the supernatural that's about to take place by the courage of a young man and a young woman who's going to come and find their help with you, Jesus. God, I pray. God, that not only would you heal us, but God, would you use us, commission us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the men and women who are crazy enough to go and do likewise. God, bless this ministry. Bless these students. Bless the families. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship, and I challenge you, come as we pray. If you have to leave, 
you're welcome to, but don't miss this moment with God. Be reverent. Thank you, God. walk out. Um, when Pastor Jonathan was just speaking there a second ago, I felt the Lord speak to me. And one of you in here who you heard him talking about $100 and you thought to yourself, well, how am I going to do that? And then right off the bat, you started thinking about your spring break that's coming up. And so I just wanted to point that out. I felt like God just spoke to me that someone in this room, I want to encourage you, if you feel that not going on your spring break would mean that you would be able to bless someone else. I just want to remind you that whenever your praises go up to God, that his blessings rain down on your life. And so if you are that person and you're, you're hearing me talk and you're right now you're thinking about it, spring break's a really big deal. I just want to encourage you. God's got something better than spring break for you. God's got something even greater than what you're thinking about. Spirit. 